Hey guys, this week was brought to you by dmtwclothing.com, the awesome, awesome lifestyle brand we have been working with to expand our brand from just audio podcasts to bigger operations, Stands merch. For don't make this weird. Yeah, they're awesome dudes. They're they're very invested in building uh, the community and helping us get out new products and, and more awesome stuff for you guys. So check them out. And our playmat currently for the, uh, the podcast is on their website. You can go buy it. And the first 25 have been signed and numbered. So go check it out. Those might be gone. You might be, this might be your last chance to get something cool like that. And otherwise, uh, you might be able to get the later ones. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you guys after the intro music now. Welcome, travelers. We're aware that your journey was difficult. But prepare to have your questions answered, for you have been granted an audience with the Masters of Modern. And welcome back to Masters of Modern. I am your host, Alex Kessler, here with my co-host, Ben Bateman. What's up, guys? How's it going? Today's an exciting episode. Hey, I mean, that intro was pretty good. Last week was like, you were all... Hating on it. I was there was so much hype there. Yeah, you were I hyped. brought the hype. You were hyped the F up right. I've been now. using the word hype, I think, too much in life. I'm becoming a teenager again. Yeah. It's great. Do you need a hype man? I do. Oh yeah. If yeah. I could just have a hype man behind me at all times, <laughs> that'd be great. I won't be your hype man. I had man. a hype man in my Marbitzva. Did you? Yeah. He like looked like Dennis Rodman. Wow. Yeah. Hype man. Yeah, yeah. Love it. He like danced. Yeah. All right. So moving on. <laughs> Today we're talking about uh so we've been doing this series. We started with uh eighth and ninth edition and then we did Mirrored and Block, and then we did Comic Out. But we're going through all of these sets in Magic's, in Modern's history. So starting from the beginning, moving away to modern times. Yep. Um, and uh, today we're doing Return of Ravnica Blocks. We're doing the top 10. No, it's not Return of Ravnica Blocks. Sorry. Ravnica, Ravnica Block. You're going to say it literally 900 times. Yeah, on yeah. The episode. Everyone, I apologize you, ahead of time. He's, with the whole lead up to recording, we've been talking about this for like 40 minutes, and he said Return to Ravnica every single time. It's not going to stop. Without fail. Can't stop, won't stop. We'll try to stop. <laughs> uh, but regular Ravnica block, one of the most influential sets in modern, in magic history. One of the most loved, for sure. One of the most loved limited environments, to be sure. It's like it's the start of the, the some age of design. I forget the ages and which one we're in. But Maro, Mark Rosewater often refers yeah. to different ages. And in, in, in I think Ravnica, he is... Fourth era, maybe? So... I don't want to go into when each one starts, but basically it's the one where they start thinking of a block as a whole cohesive thing. Yeah. And they like they start planning the block all together. Because if you look before that, specifically like a good example is Mirrodin block. The first set kind of does its thing. The second set does its thing. And then the third set's about five color decks and playing as many right. colors as possible. And it like doesn't really make sense. Yep. Where RTR was all about like planning every set. How does this work? Using cards that you do in the first set or like, you know, planning things for the third set that you set up in the first set, like that whole kind of cohesive block plan. Yeah. Um, really was created then. Yep. Um, so yeah. So, uh, RTR regular, not RTR. Nope. This was, this was though the second most popular set or second set we ever returned to. So in RTR block, we returned in our team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. That's yeah. kind of right. It, I got it right. You there. referred to the other part as right. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is p- people. People reference Ravnica Block constantly as one yep. of the favorites of all time. It is interesting as we as we're going to count down these cards. Um, there's a thing that's consistent now in Magic design where they've pushed creatures very hard. Sure. Um, real like you can see it in cards like Thrag Tusk. You can see it in cards more modern four drops, but like. They've really made an effort to make creatures good in general, uh, better than not better than spells, but like it's just that whole balance. No, thing. they're better than spells. So if you go back to some of the early modern sets, even something like Ravnica that's so beloved, you you'll see you'll notice a bunch of the uncommons and the spells and like the one through three CMC are all pretty good. 
you, you're hard pressed to find cards for four CMC or higher that are actually powerful, like powerful on the level that the one and two and three drops are. Um, it's just hard to find. Like it's you, you, there. There's no such thing as like a Thrag Tusk Tusk type of card or like. I'm trying to think of like a really good four drop creature that's happened in the last couple of years that's like mind blowingly good. Um, what am I forgetting? Oh, like Hunt, Master, Hunt Master. A while ago. And this is also pre Planeswalker. Yep. So you're. It's like a s- same sort permanence, of thing. Permanence, permanence, sitting in play, doing stuff were less of a consistently powerful thing in this time period. Right. And you can again, once again, you can just like see it when you look at some of the things that used to be powerful. There's the there's the four drop white green elephant that gains four life when it comes into play. Four four for four. Um, sure. That was a really good standard card. That was a standard powerhouse. That card, that card was like very, very good for a long time. It just doesn't compare to things that come out now. Just yeah. it's just not even close. And it was a gold card. So I, I thought that was really interesting as I was looking through every single card in all three sets as I started to get to four CMC and higher, which is generally a dead zone. It very for quickly things. became even more of a dead zone than it normally is. Yeah, which is normally a dead zone just for me in general with Magic, but. Right. This we was like about this. possible. <laughs> um, anyway, before we get into breaking down our lists, Kessler and I are going to count backwards from our 10th. Um, we should talk about a couple of things. First of all, the podcast's on Twitter. Yep, it's at the MMCast. I am personally at Kess Wiley. I'm at Ben Bateman Media. Which if we're you... pretty much on everything. So if you look up at Kess Wiley on Instagram or at Ben Bateman Media on Instagram or the MMCast yep. on in, in, on Instagram, we're all there. Yep. And uh, that, so that's consistent. You can also find uh, our sister podcast, The Command Zone, at the MM or at c- the Command Cast um, on RocketJump.com, where we are. So if you want to kind of, there's a comment section there that we never ever talk about because I haven't figured out a convenient way to have my computer remember my account on their website, so right. I can't respond to people's comments yet. One day I'll figure it out. But it's really cool. Uh, you can you can also see like where we post deck list. The list from this week's episode will be there. Um, we have a YouTube channel that we're posting video content to. Yep. Um, that is on YouTube. You look up Top Teching TV or Webisodes Network slash. There's a bunch of different things, but look up the the Master Modern Podcast. You'll find us on YouTube. And lastly, I'm going to rattle through the last two things here because we want to get to the episode. But we are working with DMTW Clothing. That is DMTW.Clothing.com. They have just released our first playmat. Um, I don't know if there are any left. There's probably a few left. I think there's a couple left for sale. But our first Go get them. signed sweet. and numbered product with Kessler on it is awesome. Um, they're a lifestyle brand. They're helping us kind of just develop future products and, and what we want to do with our brand as we continue to expand with more content. So those guys are awesome. Check that out and then uh, we are on patreon.com we have a patreon it helps us uh, buy gear to do more expanded content and like we're sending out sweet swag boxes with a bunch of cool stuff in it to our uh, actually for the patreon members they just got the playmat they got the first there's there's they're all numbered and they get one through ten to get sent to patreon donators yeah you guys got the first ones before they actually went on sale um like i said i think they may be sold out but go to the website it's possible we have a couple left uh and there'll be probably another print month that won't be signed and numbered coming sometime in the future but check it out uh and let's get to the episode i think we forgot something oh the patreon we talked about it just cool. talked about it all right sweet yeah 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 we got 10 10 cards nice. 10 non-return og ravnica nice dissension and guild pack are you like refusing to even say it now, like now, like you're Ravnica the City of, not... of Guilds. Maybe I just make sure I say City of Guilds every time. Oh, that's something we didn't talk about. Ravnica is the first set that established color names, the guild concept. color combination names. Right. So, like now, every color combination, other than the four color combinations, which we might get in the command product this year, but right, we got guilds. We got Selesnia, which is green white. Rakdos is black red. Demir, your favorite, blue black. Blue black. Yeah. Uh, Orzov, which is black white. Rakdos. I said Rakdos. Orzov. Just said both. <laughs> uh, Simic, which is green blue. Azorius, which is blue white. Is it, which is red green. 
Did you say Boros already? No, Boros, red, white. Uh, uh, Golgari, which is black, green. I think you said that already. No. Selesnia, green, white. We said green, white. Gruel, which is green, Gruel, red. Gruel, which is green, red. I think that's all. I think we did them. Yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> everyone, everyone points to us. All right, top 10 lists. So yes. the way this works is we do our top 10, we break it down, we go one to one, see which ones are m- more more higher relevant and correct <laughs> and then uh you know normally in these these set releases we actually do our top five favorite cards that don't see a ton of play but we think should see more and or then just those cards that just didn't make the cut thing. yeah and then those we battle off and on twitter you can actually vote and the winner gets to buy the other one dinner i've i think won every single time and plan to continue doing so <laughs> um he's saving up for a car guys yeah it's gonna be great <laughs> all right number 10 you want to go first or should i yeah i'll go first okay electrolyze that's your number 10. Yeah. Oh, it's okay. a blue, a green. I'm sorry. A blue, a red, and a colorless. Yeah. Uh, it does uh, two damage to up to one, up to as many target creatures that you can split them in between. Or players. Or players. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of Planeswalkers because it can go to players. Though it's weird there. Yeah. You can't do it to a player and a Planeswalker. You can only do as much damage as you do to the player, the Planeswalker. Because that's and how that then works. And you also draw a card. And you also draw a card. And it's an instant. So that card's really sweet. It kills. It, it so often is a three for one that it's really good. Yeah, it's one of those weird cards where, like, it was sweet when it came out and people liked it, but it got better over the years. And then in modern, it didn't start out as a card that people played. Yeah. It became a card people played about halfway through the design of the format where it was like, oh, you know what? Like, I'll take it. I can If I can kill Bob with half of this, that seems pretty good. Or, like... Uh, what are some of the well, other? It's also like, like it's the blue red counter to lingering souls because that was one of the prices that like, got really good. Yeah. Lingering souls, black and a colorless for two one ones is about a card. So this gets half the card that lingering souls is, which makes it playable. So you kill one of them yep. for the same amount of mana, and you draw a card off of it, and then they get a card. It's kind of like a perfect like we're now breaking even on this card. And just as modern developed, there was just like so many decks that wanted to play like Noble Hierarchs and, and Birds, Birds of Paradise. And, and in fact, plays just all of the different X1s and, yeah. and Infinity. Infinity, this card's nuts against because you just kill most things in their deck. Like, yeah. This card's very good. It's good. It's it's definitely like one of those weird situations where you don't see a lot of uh, four ofs of this card. It like it's, very, it's a three mana spell. Yeah, it's very rare to see four of them. But it's like, pretty specific at what it does. It's yeah. like, it's not, it's okay because at worst case scenario, it's two damage to the target player. You draw a card for three mana instant speed. So you can hold up counter magic, and if you don't have anything to do, you just kind of dome them for two. But like, it's you don't want like six of these in your deck. It's wild to think how how much better the fact that okay, so forked bolt is one red for two split as you choose, right? So mm-hmm. it's it's the red half of this without drawing a card, um, and even at sorcery speed for one mana, this that card sees virtually no play in modern. So at three Which mana, I think is actually unfair to it. I think it could see good more card. play than it does. But it's wild that it, the fact that this draws a card and can be played at instant speed makes it like a shoe-in to many decks at two, mo- two, more, two right. more mana than Fork Bolt. It's also a gold card, and gold cards are a little less played. Now, what's interesting about Electrolyze and what's re- interesting about Ravnica block in general is that this is a card that would be in the top four, top five of almost any other set on our list yeah. that we could ever do this for, but Ravnica block is super stacked. It's super deep. Um, right, my, what's your number 10? Well, I'll tell you in one second. The last thing I'll say about this card... Well, no, I'll save it because that's all my list is just okay. higher. I'll tell my story about this card when I uh, right. get to it. My number 10 is Leyline of the Void. Okay. Um, it is one of the original five ley lines. Uh, yeah. I, in this set? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are these, these are the first five cards that had a, if this is in your opening hand, it enters play in the start of the game cards ever printed? Uh, yeah, I think that sounds right. Because Gemstone Caverns was the next set. It was in... Uh, that was in Time Spiral Block. Time Spiral Block. And yeah. then the second ley lines and the Eldrazi cards were... 
much later. So, yeah. Yeah. Sweet. Um, uh, yeah, the five original ley lines were ley line of life force, ley line of lightning, ley line of sanctity, ley line of singularity, and ley line of the void. Um, this one states, if ley line of void is in your opening hand, you may begin the game with it on the battlefield. If a card would be put into an opponent's graveyard from anywhere, exiled instead, costs black, black, two. Um, it's sweet for a lot of reasons. It's one of it's one of the effects that only it's not parallel. It only affects your opponent's graveyard. Right. Um, like starting with <laughs> starting with this in your opening hand is such a sweet free roll. If you're a deck that wants your own graveyard and wants to, well, I mean, them. Nancy's play in um, living end decks where like it makes their graveyard strategy their opponent's doing just gone, and also yeah. makes living end this like insane board wipe that completely exiles all cards that they have. So they played a lot against creature decks where like against Zoo where they don't want to like. You know, they're going to be killing their creatures anyways, but now their creatures stay dead. Right. Yep. I am a big fan of Leyland of the Void. Not a card that I play that often, but I definitely like it a lot. Um, uh, one of the reasons I didn't put it is, like, it's, it's kind of sometimes a w- the amount of space it needs to take up on, in your sideboard is pretty massive. Because, yeah. like, the play of Leyland correctly, you need to be playing, like, three because you want to have a high least, chance you'll pick I mean, it's so much better three to, to four. four. Right. Yeah. And Rest in Peace kind of does a lot of what this card does with a little bit more of the consistency and taking a little bit less up in your sideboard slot. Though yep. it does hurt you, you can't be doing graveyard strategies. But I do think this is way better now because Dredge is seeing so much play in the format. Yeah. Dredge is this, like, it, Dredge out of nowhere has become a tier one deck in modern. And by out of nowhere, it's just been doing that for the last two months. And we have, you know, right. we're there now. But, like, this is a card that people should keep on their list of things to play, especially if they have their own graveyard strategies. Has anybody ever messed around with a. Um Leyline Nykthos deck is that a thing that like people have tried? <laughs> uh, in older, f- I've I have a deck on my phone that's trying to do that. It's not good. Yeah, it seems there's really a bad. there's a opulence because well, you could also play the new. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, the five drop. The Nyx card that makes all enchantments. Yeah, if yeah, you have X amount, yeah, one one white four that colors. Opulences, opulescences. Starfield of Nyx. Yes. Yes. Yeah. All right. So moving on. Number nine. <laughs> uh, my number nine is one of my favorite cards, probably of all time. Okay. Uh, Life from the Loam. A little higher on my list. Uh, green and colorless. Uh, it reads, return three cards from the graveyard to your hand. Uh, and then it has the ability... Three land cards. Three land cards, sorry, from the graveyard to your hand. And it has dredge three. So for those who don't know, and it'll be super relevant for tonight's episode, the Golgari's main com- mechanic from this block was dredge. And that was, uh, instead of powerful. drawing a card... <laughs> way too powerful. One of maybe the most broken mechanics ever printed. Um, what it read is, if this card is in your graveyard, instead of drawing a card... You may return this to your hand instead and mill, so take cards from the top of your library and put them in your graveyard, equal to the number. So this has dredge three, and so instead of drawing a card, you may return life from the loam to your hand and put the top three cards of your library into your graveyard. Dredge is also one of the more complicatedly hard-to-learn mechanics for someone who doesn't know what it already does. It's very intuitive once you figure it out, but before you figure it out, like when someone explained to me what legacy dredge was the first time I ever saw it, it took me a good... 30 minutes to figure out what they were saying to me well yeah it's i mean it's super weird like it and there's also a lot of tricks with dredge because it triggers when you when you would draw a card you may so there's like it's not just the thing where like the obvious way dredge works is during your draw step you can dredge instead of draw but now if you have a deck that has like interesting like cantrips you can be like okay well i'll do this and i'll draw on the first draw i'll dredge on like it's very awkward and weird and complicated. Well, so. beyond that, like you have to reference a number. It replaces the draw step yeah. instead of triggering off of a draw step. It it does so many weird things, which sometimes graveyard. But so the reason life alone is so like so great is it's 
one of the cheaper dredge cards. It, it automatically goes to your graveyard. So instead of having a creature, which is on most of them, three is relatively high. But there's just so many shenanigans you can do with a continuous sort of looping your lands. Right. Everything from assault, um, not assault formation, assault, ag- the red, discard a land. The three-mana one or yeah, the one-mana three one? Yeah, three-mana one. Uh, seismic Assault. Seismic Assault, where Seismic Assault reads you do two damage if you discard a land card, so you can just right. loop lands doing six cards, basically six damage a turn for two mana with those two cards together. You know, in older formats, there's really powerful things you can do with stuff like Wasteland or even Strip Mine if you go older than that. There's Cycling Lands in older formats. That's kind of why this isn't as high as it normally would be in older formats, is that right. a lot of the really, really, really powerful things you can do with Life of the Loam aren't in Modern. Definitely. I mean, in modern, it's historically good. Um, it is historically good in the aggro loam decks, which were ported from Legacy. Right. So, and those Legacy decks, though, wh- one of the things that made them so good is you had Mox Diamond. You don't have Mox Diamond yeah. in modern. So it's uh, actually Bronson Magnon won the first modern Grand Prix in Grand Prix Lincoln um, playing aggro loam with four life from the loam. That's the most famous modern finish. I think ever. Well, I've seen I've seen more play now because it, it is a piece. The other thing that's important is in dredge decks, the way dredge works is it replaces your draw step. Yeah. Which means that you, if you what basically what your starting hand is, you shouldn't draw a card ever again after that starting seven. So like you really only get those three lands. Hopefully, life from the loan lets you kind of make your land drops after turn three. Right. So a lot of dredge decks play between one and four life from the loans just because. It's on the dredge plan. It's e- like, you know, worst case scenario, on turn two, if you have nothing else to do, just play Life from the Loam because it can start your dredge chain, yep. even if you're not getting lands back. And, you know, it's good with fetches. Like, it does all these little cute things. It's good with, like, Hedron Crab because you can start milling yourself. It's definitely a sweet card. For the record, I'm not the biggest fan of dredge. It's, like, Kessler's favorite mechanic ever. So that's this set <laughs> is, like, funny for that reason. But anyway, moving on. Uh, my number nine is Ghost Quarter. Um, oh, mine's not on my list? Yeah, I figured it wasn't. Uh, Ghost Quarter is... You it wasn't? Yeah, Ghost Quarter. That wasn't on my list? Yeah. No, it's higher on my list. Oh, Ghost Quarters. Yeah, yeah. Oh, interesting. I'm not going to say where, but it's, yeah. Yeah, Ghost Quarter. Uh, it's a, it's an untapped land that taps to produce one waste mana. Colorless mana. It's colorless. Um, and you can tap it Winding to mana. sacrifice it and destroy target land. Uh, that land's controller may search his or her library for a basic and put it into play untapped. So it's This is the best wasteland variant in the format yeah it's funny because again this is another one of those cards that in the beginning didn't see that much play um well because tectonic edge kills which is another card that is a land that can you can sacrifice it to kill a land is better in formats where mana gets higher ghost quarter is just the format is so quick that it doesn't get to four mana and if you if you play it like i became very familiar playing this card when i played superior burning coco because it was a deck that that existed on two or three mana so often that i was just like man this card is sweet like with ether vial and like all of these effects i collected company where i don't need that much colored mana i can get away with playing two or three of these in my main and like it's obviously sucks to go down a land but like when you're playing against tron or you're playing against like infect yeah there's there's so many powerful man lands in this format that it basically is another removal spell that you need. You yeah. need to be able to get rid of you know, everything from Celestial Colonnade to Inkmoth Nexus to, to, to Ludavolt uh, to... The blue-black unblockable 3-2. Right. So there's so many different cards. Creeping Tarpet. Creeping Tarpet. <laughs> he was giving me this face <laughs> of like, I need to know what this card is called and I don't remember. Uh, you know, these are important... Like, every deck has man lands, pretty much in the format. I can't, like, unless your deck is so hard on your lands doing other things, which then makes this card good also. And this isn't even getting into the shenanigans you can do with Ghost Quarter. Yeah, well, because you can you can tap it 
to sacrifice to, to destroy one of your own lands, and then you bring in another land untapped. So you actually can f- color fix by going down a land that turn yep. after you've tapped to use that land. So Which, it, and, and like in and there's even like in eggs decks back in the day, they used to have ghost quarter, and you would ghost quarter your. Um, Darksteel Citadel, yeah. which is the indestructible artifact land. So you would not lose that land, still get the land, but then on top of that, by playing the, uh, I think it's not open the vaults, but the whatever. Second Sunrise. Second Sunrise, where yeah. you put all cards that went in the graveyard that turn, you get your ghost cards back. So you actually get to go up on mana, yeah. two mana every time you cat use that loop. And the other one is um, the Ava Mind Sensor combo. And right. and Leon and Arbiter, where you make it so your opponent can't search their deck, yep. and you go score to them. So it's like straight up strip mine. <laughs> yeah, super sweet. Which um, along with Thalia, makes it so you're never going to cast a spell again. <laughs> yeah, I I tend to actually end up with one to do ghost quarters in most main decks, with yeah. usually a third in the board. That's a, usually is my style. But it's like it's the most generically easy spell land to kind of go after. Yeah. All right, what do you got for number eight? Spell snare. Okay. No drum roll. One higher. mana counter target spell. You're Let's literally jumping ahead. Like you're gonna you're gonna have like stomped on my entire middle of my list by the time I get to it. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe the reverse yeah. on my end. So spell snare <laughs> is a one blue counter target spell that costs two. Yeah, it's one of it's one of the few like it's like the four efficient cheap. good counter spells in modern. <laughs> well, it's also just one of those like unique cards that it's another card that you'll you're very very rarely have ever going to see four of them in a deck, just like Electrolyze. But like, right? It's Which is so why it's so low on my list. It's so good when it's good. It's so good when it's good, and in a format like modern, where two drops really are so important. Like, I mean, it's, this card's even better in Legacy, but like in a format like modern, it's. Yeah, it's sweet. Like getting hitting Bob, hitting Tarmogoyf. Like it's just there's so many powerful good. two drops. It's worse now than it was actually before Splinter Twin went away. I think because yeah. a it's really good against Snapcaster Mage. Yeah. B it's really good with Snapcaster Mage. Yep. But there's just so many cards. Like this format has slowed down, so people are playing a little bit more three drops. Right. Even they're not playing as many, but they're definitely playing more than they used to. So having Spell Snare is a little bit more of a liability because it's not always going to be a live card. Yep. What's always also interesting to me is. If I have Spell Snare and Mana Leak in my hand and someone casts a two-drop, which is the better choice to counter them with? Because it's not as much of a slam deck as you think. Because, yes, Spell Snare, they might not cast another two-drop for the rest of the game. So I should Spell Snare it. But Mana Leak is going to be dead in four turns. So this might be the best chance for me to use Mana Leak, and they might just top deck a Tarmogoyf later in the game, so I should hold maybe hold on to Spell Snare. So you get this choice where, like, because which it's, is... It's a, it's a conditional hard counter. Right. Whereas, man, yeah. I think I would still always play the Snare early, and I would always sandbag the Leak. I, would, okay. I don't think I would ever play the Leak early, but I, I hear your reasoning, and it would be very... Yeah. Like, a Tarmogoyf on turn five is just as good as a Tarmogoyf on turn two. Maybe even arguably better. But trading a card to make them pay five for a Tarmogoyf is, like... Still better than them doing something else that turn. Sure. So, I don't know. Um, my number eight is Electrolyze. Okay. Uh, and my story about Electrolyze, quickly before we move on from it, is um, those of you that listen to this podcast frequently know I'm obsessed with cantrips. I'm obsessed with things that are instant speed, that are gold-colored, that uh, have optionality. Like, I just love cards that have, like, lots it's versatile. Of- I just love cards with lots of bells and whistles. Like, I, like, like Deathrite Shaman is one of my favorite cards ever for good reason. Um Electrolyze is that card, and from the moment I saw it, I always loved Electrolyze, and I had a playset or five of these, even though I didn't draft back in Ravnica, but I just accumulated four or five of these. There are full arts of this, aren't there? Yeah, I have one. Sweet. I have a foil full art, I think. Yeah, well, I think that's the only option. No, no, there's a non-foil, I'm pretty full sure. Art? Full art, yeah, really? and I think there's also... A foil one? Yeah, there's also the IDW comic book 
variant you can get that was like in one of those comic yeah, books. Yeah. There's a bunch of versions of this card that are yep. sweet. Um, but uh, I have some cool version of my Highlander deck. I don't remember which one. Anyway, point is, Electrolyze is awesome, and I held on to like my four or five copies of this in my binder for literally years. Even when I sold my collection off, this card wasn't good yet, so I didn't get anything for it. And then finally, it was like, oh my god, Electrolyze is like four or five dollars, and then it got reprinted. <laughs> womp, womp. I still have my originals, though. Anyway, yeah. moving on. All right. <laughs> number seven. Yeah. Uh, Lightning Helix. Higher on my list. You're literally going down the list. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, for those who don't know, Lightning Helix is probably one of the more famous cards in Magic, but it's yeah. uh, a red and a white for Lightning Bolt and Gain 3 Life. But uh, for do three damage target creature or player and Gain 3 Life. It's one of those weird examples of a card where... Two colors make a different color? Yeah, well, not only that, but like where you'd be like, okay, Lightning Bolt, great card. Healing Solve, terrible card. And you'd be like, <laughs> you'd be like, why would I want to pay two mana to make my Lightning Bolt worse and add Healing Solve to it? That sounds awful. And then you're like, it's so good. It's so good. It's so well, good. Well, because life gain is really good. It's just not good by itself. Yeah. Just gaining life is bad, but accidentally gaining life is great. Like, yeah. look at, like, Thragtusk, for example. Thragtusk, if it just gained you five life, would be bad. But the fact that it does all the other things, like, yeah. Baneslayer, lifelink as a mechanic is very powerful. And that's because you're doing something and incidentally gaining life. Because life is gr- gaining life is great until it's not. Um, and Lightning Helix is Lightning Bolts f- 5 through 8 yeah, with a little bit of an effect that sometimes just turns other decks' plans off. Like, how do, Burn has a terrible time against the Lightning Helix because you're 2 for one them. It's also... Um, life gain is a very interesting form of tempo because you're often in a position in formats like Modern or Legacy that are very, very, very quick and very card-for-card, card, like high-impact cards. Um you're negotiating a couple of turns very specifically in a lot of decks. Delver decks, burn decks, like you're really counting. It's really like if things don't change, if they don't resolve this or pick up this card, I'm gonna kill them. I'm gonna do this nine damage in this many turns. So you can really mess things up by like killing a creature and gaining three life off of one card. Um, right. And that's that's where it really comes down to, is it's just like you can change the math so drastically in a format like modern. Because part of it is also just like when lightning he looks good. When it's bad, it's okay. It's decent. It's just lightning bolt. It's just for more lightning bolt and you gain three life. For more money. Yeah. I, I guess like the worst situation is against a control deck where you just gain three life that won't matter and you do three life to them that won't matter. Yep. But that bolt is not much better in that situation. <laughs> and when it's great though, it's like against Delver where you kill a Delver and you gain three life. Yeah. Like they're now s- like almost three cards behind you from that one card you just spent. Yeah. It, it gets burned. Same kind of deal. Like it's so powerful that it gets you so far ahead. Yep. Yep. And once again, all f- all four of the cards I picked in any other set would be in my top five. So your that was your number seven. That was my number seven. My number seven is Life from the Loam. <laughs> um, Life from the Loam. Oh, I, so I just like kind of yeah. Slid you literally up. just yeah. slid up by. I have no love for Life from the Loam, actually. Like, I chose a Dredge card because Dredge is very powerful. Grave Troll would have been my other option. See, is that interesting that Life from the Loam specifically you have no love for? Because it's such a unique, cool card that does, like, eight different things. That's why it's on here. Okay. Yeah. So you like Life from the Loam, but you just, it's not like... It's I didn't put any other... I, I, okay. Spoiler. You have Grave no love Troll, for Dredge. Grave Troll's not on here. Neither is Stinkweed Imp. Um, like, I feel like you can't. Okay. No. All right, Go, do your tr- thing. Grave Troll would be the one. Yeah. So I put on Life from the Loam because I think that the ability to... like. Grave Troll is the engine for a deck. Life from the Loam is a unique card that a deck could not exist without. Um, you can try to make Dredge work without. You can try to make Dredge work without Grave Troll. You can try. Yeah, you just people have I done did. it. Stingweed up. Yeah, you can't make 
It's you way worse. You can't make like an aggro loam deck work without life from the loam. It's the only one. Mm-hmm. You have to have it. Um, effects like seismic assault are so, they're so powerful are so powerful because of life from the loam. That's very, very important. And so I think because it is two mana, it is unique. It, like you said, you can play it on turn two and start your engine. It's just, it's not as clunky of a card to me either. Like Grave Troll. Well, this is, is one of the prettiest, it, from a design perspective, cards I think that's ever been created. Yeah. It does, it's like so elegant. Yeah. It's, it's just great. Like not, not only that, but like, this card can just be good at different times in Magic. Like, two mana to get three lands from your grave if you're playing a bunch of fetch lands is draw three. Like, yeah. it's a draw three for two in some cases. Which I'm just talking about, and this is a commander thing, but the card Tithe, which is uh, if your opponent has more lands than you, you get two planes from your deck and put it yeah. in your hand yeah. for one mana, is like, I don't think I've ever lost a game in Commander where I've cast that card. Just because one mana draw two cards, even though they're lands, is still one mana draw two cards. Yeah, yep. So and Life in the Loam yeah. is my number seven. How many two mana draw three cards are there, period? Very few. Yeah. None. Um, so speaking of dredge cards, my number six yep. is Golgari Grave Troll. Okay. So a few things. First off, when Life in the Loam is good, it's great. When Golgari Grave Troll is good, it's tier one format breaking. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, the fact that, like, and, and this goes for kind of, like, Stinkweed Imp is kind of, like, shuffled in, kind of how sometimes we, like, put cycles of cards all in one slot. Yeah. But Golgari Grave Troll is also better because a, for five mana, getting a, like, 8-8 eight, eight that is impossible to kill right. as soon as you untap is also just generally good. Well, there is, yeah, there is that part of Grave Troll that's very good. I mean, the fact that it's a powerful creature when it's resolved in a dredge deck is yeah. very good. It's right. just, like, I don't... It does happen, actually. That's not a lie. It happens. In, in modern, it, in Legacy, it never happened. Oh, that's not even true. In, in Legacy, there was yeah, a period sometimes. where they just got rid of all their big threats, and Golgari Dreadful was the big threat you reanimated, because Legacy Dredge is a much more reanimator deck that you're using Dredge to just... Because the point of Dredge, if people don't realize this, Dredge is the most efficient way ever printed to get lots of cards in your graveyard. Right. Excluding, like, stupid combos like Herm- Hermit Druid. This is, like, one of the most efficient ways... Instead of drawing a card, you're drawing six cards. That's kind of the right. point. That's what Dredge does. Is it all your cards in your deck are graveyard interactive cards, and so and you can get to them from your graveyard. So when you dredge six, that means you're drawing six cards instead of drawing one. So that's one of the reasons this card is so powerful. Beyond the fact that you know five mana for a nine, you know anywhere between a four four to a, I think I've gone in a twenty twenty Golgari Grave Troll before that then has. Uh, regenerate as one of its abilities is like just very insane <laughs> yeah i mean dredge six that's you don't have to say that much yeah yeah it's like a lot and um, and i guess the last piece on this card is i think this is the only card on my list that was banned and was unbanned yeah though hilariously enough the unbanning took how long before it became a good deck yeah a while <laughs> and that's and that's because the real card that needed to be banned from legacy dredge is still banned and that's um Dread Return? Dread Return. Yeah. I just tweeted from the MMCast account, what's the sweeter card, Life from the Loam or Grave Troll? I'll be, I'll be curious to see what the poll is. Oh, yeah. Did um, you do like a two-hour poll so, or an hour poll? In a way. Oh, it's just, never mind. All right, let's continue. Um, what's, okay. your number, uh, what's your number six? My number six is Spell Snare. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, not a card that I've ever had like a lot of success with. I've played it as a one or a two of in tempo decks, and it's good when it's good. Yeah. and It's just a, kind of a boring inclusion, but it's necessary. It, it's definitely in the top ten. I think for the same reason, that's why mine's a little bit lower. Yeah. Um, so generally, I like to switch it up when we get to the five point, and yep. you start doing the first card every five. Okay. My number five is Court of Calling. Oh. Um, Mine's also my list in way much higher. Yeah. I guess not way higher because we're at five. So. We're at five, yeah. Um, Court of Calling. It's a very unique card. I remember playing this card and against this card in standard. Um, Court of Calling is one of the rare... It is one of the rare 
uh, modern tutors, no pun intended, because it's also rare. Um, it is green, green, green X instant with convoke. Search your library for a creature card to convert a mana cost X or less and put it on the battlefield, then shuffle your library. This card wasn't good until they banned Birthing Pod. <laughs> Blatantly untrue. Was it part of the it Birthing Pod deck? It was a four of in every Birthing Pod deck. Really? Yeah. Okay, well, so that was it wasn't good prior to the Birthing Pod deck becoming good. Was that what it was? Ye- this card was a nothing card that was not played in Modern for like a very long time. And then it, it blew was, up as long as Birthing Pod was seeing play, this was seeing play. And I would doubt that it wasn't seeing play before that. It just the deck wasn't a tier one deck like Birthing Pod was. I like have a distinct memory of when this card spiked in price, and all of a sudden I was like, "Oh, Court of Calling! I, that card's legal in Modern. I've always tried to make that card work." And it was because of Birthing Pod. Got it. So, yeah. really but Birthing Pod deck was was a pretty big pillar of the format pretty early. I don't think it was that early. Birthing Pod became like Modern's only five years old, or like six years old. So like, yeah, but like I seem to remember in the first two years, Birthing Pod was a deck. Okay, so then sure, if if it took two years for this card to be good, then that's sure. two years that this card didn't see play. So that's probably what I'm thinking of. I mean, it, it does make sense that. But then, that that's also an error where no one knew what they were doing in yeah. modern. Like, <laughs> and so that once Birthing Pod was banned, this card became even more important because Collected Company replaced Birthing Pod, and then this card became this becomes the tutor tutorable piece instead of the value, the piece. primary yeah. card. Um, this card is great for a number of reasons in modern. One of which is that it 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 works so well with Wall of Roots. Yeah. Um, that's like one of the that's one of the big ones for for decks. This like works with any deck that has a bunch of creatures that you're not necessarily attacking with, but you can play tap. The fact that it's an instant is also insane. Yeah, and sometimes you just like the reason it's so good in modern is you're often just finding a two drop, and you, they have to counter this. They can't counter the card you tutor for because yeah. it just comes into play. It's really good. Also, th- this is well seeing play in Birthing Pod style decks with a collected company. Now this sees play in Elves, which is another one of the big spots yeah. that it's so good. Um, it's just it's any just green creature deck that has a tutor need should be playing this card. We flipped out over Traverse the Ulvenwald because as well Which as seen play by the way Traverse the Ulvenwald and Eldritch Evolution Eldritch Evolution yeah, because for, because it's very rare to have a good tutor in modern like yeah. a creature tutor. And I would argue that Court of Calling and by I would argue I'm going to blatantly say that this is a better card than either of those two cards. Eldritch Evolution remains to be seen, but Court of Calling is. Pro- yeah, I mean, yeah, it remains to be seen. Court of Calling is a really good card. Yeah. It's number five on my list. That's what I have to say right. about that. I, I, oh, wait, I have a story about Court of Calling. Okay. I have a story. <laughs> I've told it on here. I believe I've told it on here before. Um, well, then, no, we don't want to hear it. Oh, really? No, no, I'm kidding. You can okay. tell your story. It was my first. You're just so excited that I wanted to It was my first. Kind of I've, I know I've told a little it, bit. but I just like the story because uh, I was playing against John Laux in my very first regionals ever back in like 2006 or something like that. Because you don't know John Lau is the creator of the Grimoire deck? No, no, John Laux. Oh, Laux. Okay. Yeah, he was. he's worked for Wizards Different for a John. while. He's probably one of the great designer searches. He was a okay. writer at Brain Burst when it was Brain Burst still before TCG Player became what it was. Anyway, uh, it was during Dragonstorm era, and I was playing that Jora of the Gitu, Ophidian Eye, Niv-Mizzet deck I've talked about before. It was basically just the Dragonstorm deck minus the tutors and the good cards and replaced with Niv-Mizzet, Ophidian Eye, and Jora. <laughs> And I was, like, trying to go infinite. Like, it was just bad. Anyway, point is, he was playing Project X, which was a standard deck at the time they'd come up with, went infinite with Safi Eric's Daughter, Crypt Champion, and some life gain type of creature when a creature comes into play. You'd gain infinite life, right? Um, Soul Warden or something. And I was, like, playing, and his deck, like, didn't match up well against Dragonstorm because they needed, like, to go off on turn four or five. And I remember just, like, he, like, thought I was going to go off on turn four with Dragonstorm and just kill him. And then I was, like... Resolve Joyra of the Gitu. And he just like sighed, like huge sigh of relief. And then he <laughs> killed me like a turn later with Court of Calling and a Crypt Champion. Okay. <laughs> and I read his article about his tournament report like two days later. And he like told that story in his article. Okay. Thought this guy was playing Dragonstorm. 
he was playing a bad deck. I beat him the next turn. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, God, I'm so angry. Yeah. <laughs> All right. My number five. Yep. It's this card. We haven't talked about it yet. It's called Ghost Quarter. <laughs> we Sweet. talked about it already. Yeah. Uh, it's the strip mine of modern. I think we talked. I, I talked a lot about it when we talked about yours. It's really good. Yep. It's it's better than any of the other variants. Um, it got it even has, better when they printed a bunch of sweet Eldrazi that need colorless mana. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's just really good. Yeah, it's just a good card. Yeah, um, it's yeah. A, it's also it's another well designed card. This set is so full of well designed yeah. cards. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, all right, number four, <laughs> Lightning Helix. Okay. <laughs> Talked about Helix already. Yeah, yeah. It's really good. Best use of Helix. Oh, I didn't. I didn't really. I, I mentioned it briefly, but I didn't say it fully. But like. What I was talking about is, and Mark Rosewater is the person who kind of brings this up, is that you know, red is a card and white is a car- color. Neither of them could do Lightning Helix on their own, but black could. Lightning Helix is a blade. It's, a over, it's probably too powerful for what black could do. Black couldn't do that for two mana. Well, but it would be worded differently. Well, no. there is tar- The card do two damage to a p- target creature or player and gain two life is a card that exists. I guess you're right, actually, now that I think about that. No, it would be worded exactly the same. It's a black card, but it's red and white because red and white together can do a black ability. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Fun fact. Uh, all right, my number four. Oh, and the last thing about Lightning Helix, one of probably the three best cards. Oh, it's actually the only playable full art card I own. What would you say <laughs> are the top five cards ever to put Isochron Scepter with? Uh, Orm's silence. Chant. Orm's Chant, Silence. Uh, Mana Drain. Sure. Uh, counterspell. <laughs> counterspell. Uh, How about modern ones? <laughs> <laughs> Silence. Silence. Uh, leak. Man, no. Remand is better than mana leak. Sure, remand. Because you draw the cards. Worst like, case scenario, you're always just going to draw cards with it. Maybe like boomerang for two mana every turn. They can't ever play land again. Yeah. Uh, but okay. I, I would in say modern, I would give you mana. Uh, Helix. Uh, lightning Helix. It's is, one of is the more famous ones to put on. Yeah, yeah, to yeah. Put on an Isochron Scepter. It's one of the cards. Well, of the cards I named, the best ones on it aren't good without it. So this is theoretically better than Orm's Chant as a card. And unless you're me, you're not going to play Boomerang in Modern. Right. <laughs> so my number four. Yep. Speaking of things that are better than Lightning Helix with Isochron Scepter, Romand. Wait, that's number four for you? Yeah. What? Yeah. Oh my god, what am I missing on my list? Uh, I don't think you're missing anything. Oh my goodness. My num- my num- I'm, I'm not going to spoil my number. Okay, number four. Roman, so for people exciting. that know. Okay, blue and a colorless. Oh, uh, wait. No, I know. Yeah, never mind. Counter target spell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you were so excited, now yeah, you're so unexcited. I unexcited. realized there was a later card in my list that I had, you haven't said yet. Yeah, keep going. Blue and green. <laughs> <laughs> uh, counter target spell. Blue and green. Sorry. Blue and a colorless. Mine, it's. Blue and colorless. Everybody knows what you've derailed is. me so many if times. If you're listening to if you're listening to our show and you don't know what master what you counter spell returns their hand and you draw a card. It's awesome. It's I think the best counter spell in modern. Yeah. By a wide not a wide margin, but definitely the best counter spell in modern. Yeah. I, I mean, think I, would, I can pretty confidably say. What are the better counter spells ever printed? Force of will, counter spell, mana drain, days. That it? Memory lapse isn't better. I would play this over memory lapse. Yeah, probably it's right there. Me having a five six close, right in that five six like, range. Cryptic command is up there as, uh, but it's I would it's not two mana, yeah, so it's, it's worse. worse. It's really good, but it costs um, four in triple blue. Yeah, no, I mean obviously it's up there. I put it on, on the top. I mean this is one of the most powerful sets ever printed or blocks ever printed, and it's in the top three cards. In modern, remand is fourth. On my your oh, list. top four cards. Sorry, Wild. yeah, top four. Um, 
spoiler, it's number three for me. So, okay. um, yeah, we're, we, yeah. We're, do, we're doing your number three, so let's... Yeah, so we're yep. still there. I mean, Remand is just one of the... Like, Remand is, again, if you tack on draw a card to anything that's even remotely sweet, mm-hmm. I love it. So and this I'm, is on to, like, Venser's ability, which is sweeter. I've yeah, loved Remand forever. I had the Something's, F&M foil for a long oh, time. Nice. It's very expensive now. The the cool Another cool thing about Remand is is the it's, like, the best anti-counterspell counterspell. Because you can return your spell to your hand, draw a card, and counter their counter spell with it. Yeah, so you like it's like draw cards. two, and then it's it's another all the versatility. It's so unique. It's so kind of elegantly made. Yep. Um. All right. What's your number four three is number remand. Three was remand. All right. So my number three. Yes. This turn. Wait, yeah. Yeah. It it's quarter calling. Okay. I think of all of the cards on this list, it's the most likely to be have a chance of being banned within the next three years. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, I'll give you that just just because it's such an enabler. Yeah, it like arguably the best deck in the format of modern. One of the top four best decks in modern have been playing a, a playset of quarter calling in it for the it's almost its entire existence as a format. Just for the record, <laughs> Life from the Loam is crushing Grave Troll right now, eighty one percent. Okay, fine. <laughs> yeah, I did use the word sweeter card. Yeah, so. that's cheating. <laughs> what is the better card is a different conversation. Um, so yeah, Court of Calling's up there. We talked about it already. Uh, so I already said my three. My main, my main story was that it is most, the most likely to be banned. That's right. my main thing I saved in my pocket for the time I was going to talk about it. It's, yep. it's, a, it's a really efficient tutor that makes combos probably too good that are green. All right. So we have two left each, and I pretty much The chances that they're not the exact two cards... So we'll start with number two. Okay. Dark Dark Confidant. Confidant. Um, So yeah, Dark Confidant, Bob, Bob. 2-1 for two. (laughs) He's a human wizard, black and a colorless. What is Bob's real? Robert? Bob Mayer. Bob Mayer. Yeah. Cool. Um, At the beginning of your upkeep, reveal the top card of your library. You may put put it into your hand. You lose life equal to its converted mana cost. Um, It's just just one of the most busted cards ever. It's part of the five... Uh, each color has each color has their representative two-drop creature. This is the black one, uh, alongside Stoneforge Mystic, Snapcaster Mage, Tarmogoyf, and uh, Young Pyromancer is currently the yeah, red one. That I had a lot everyone. of Great Revel is like the other. There's like red. It's reds. Reds having trouble figuring this one out. I feel like it's. Yeah, I feel like Eidolon of Great Revel has a strong. Young Pyromancer sees more play in different decks. Like if you want to go for versatile red drop that you can kind of throw in a bunch of decks versus Eidolon, like. You can put it in a black-white-red tokens deck. You can put yeah. it in a blue-red tempo deck. You have to be playing spells, but like it's red. You're playing you Lightning Bolt. In, you can put it into a uh, Silver Fur Partisan uh, heroic deck that plays lots of sure. <laughs> lots of targeted. You're, I, like, I'm not saying the deck's good, but you definitely could put it in there. We're not talking about Young Pyromancer. We're talking about Dark Confidant. But my point is, of the five cards I just listed, three of them are maybe three of the best cards ever printed. This is at a, a tier with them. It this is, this is one of the best creatures ever printed. It's really really good. <laughs> Along with I can't impress among how good it is. <laughs> so what's better, Bob or Snapcaster? Snapcaster Mage through and through. Through and through. Not even close. Mm, and I think most people would agree with me. Yeah, I think I would agree with you. They're they're both invitational cards. Is the point I'm trying to make. We've sure had sure sure. How many sure sure how many invitational cards in the end got printed before they stopped doing it? I know that Solemn Simulacrum was an invitational card. Right. How many of them are there? 
I know there's the, a lot. There's, there's the, even you're gonna like Rakdos Augermage, the black red one. There's uh, uh, Sylvan, the one that you sack a land to give a creature shroud is one. Oh yeah. Uh, there's there's like weird ones that you're not gonna remember because they're not ancient, right? Or is that a great designer search card? Forgotten ancient. No, that's a no, no, no. no. That's a uh, the you make the card community. Oh, card. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm mixing that up because uh, right? Mage's touch is the same thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, Vanish into memory is a card I was trying to think of, but um, that's another one. Invitational. No, no, no. That's a you make the card. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, the point is, of all of the invitational cards, unless I'm just completely whiffing on a card right now, those are clearly the two most powerful. Um, yeah, the Solemn, Solemn. It, it's never been a modern staple, but I would put Solemn on a because of Commander more than anything and standard play. It yeah. was one of the really powerful ones. Um, the most the uh, oh, Finkel, the white one. John Finkel was a. Uh, Shadow Mage Infiltrator, yeah. but uh, the there's the three two that gets you two one zero one drops. Oh yeah, yeah, uh, that's right. Ranger of Eos. Ranger of Eos is another one. There's like that. really good ones, but like th- obviously Bob and and Snapcaster Mage are the two. Bob was the broken one before Snapcaster got yeah. printed, and then, and then Snapcaster, Snapcaster got printed. Yeah, they're the two. I mean, Bob's really good. It's Bob was a card. He's he's a card that if you don't, okay. If you look at it before you understand Magic, like if you're a new player and you look at this card, it's hard to understand why it's so good. Because Which, other than Snapcaster Mage, you could probably say Stoneforge Mystic looked really good to people that were bad at Magic. For everyone that was good at Magic, looked really bad until it got way too good. <laughs> Tarmogoyf took like two months to catch Tarmogoyf on. is one that no one knew was good. Pyro, I think, was like a fun card. but I, Pyro- Pyromancer people, pretty... Pyromancer's inclusion on this five list comes... Yeah. Both of the red cards are significantly weaker than the other four. Like there's there's no question. Yeah, yeah. I agree with that. The red cards are like are like eleven percenters, while the others are at least sixty out of a hundred. Like the the red cards are good, but like not even in the same conversation as the other four. Except for this one. <laughs> this card? No, the conversation we're having. Oh, sure. They're sure, in sure. this conversation. We're sure, talking sure, sure. about them. Um, all right. Last <laughs> card on the list. Uh, it's I it's, think a cheat because we're both in the same. Yeah. The bounce lands, right? <laughs> definitely the best. It's one hundred percent not the backbone of the modern format. Yeah, Shocklands. It's Shocklands. Um, I considered the possibility of choosing a specific one to put on here. Like, is there one shock? Steam Vents. Yeah, and I followed thought, by Overgrown Tomb. Yeah, the two best color combinations of modern. Yeah, and then and then from there, it's I don't even really know. Honestly, after that, it gets a little more even. Maybe Zori. Uh, maybe Hallowed Fountain. Yeah, I, I would say Hallowed Fountain's third. Which, yeah. like, if you look at it, Snapcaster Bolt, Snapcaster Path, Abrupt Decay. <laughs> yeah. The weird. three best removal in the <laughs> removal situations. I guess after that is Misty Rainforest, not Misty Rainforest, uh, yeah. Blue Green. Breeding Pool. Breeding Pool. You'd still do the blue ones, which is really interesting. And then the last blue one. Red Green after that. Yeah. And then, I guess Blue Black isn't that good. Blue Black would be much farther down. The cheapest and worst one being White Black or Black Red? No, I think it's Blue Black. Really? What blue black deck do you know of that's good and modern? I just mean it has blue in it, so I'm just assuming. No, but I can't think like Grixis, which is like very new to the scene and plays like one. Plays like one, yeah. Um, Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I mean, white black has junk and Abzan. Green black, same deal. Red white has a ton of stuff. Like all the other ones have good stuff. (laughs) I mean, the whole conversation, like there's, they're just they're all all really good. good. Yeah, yeah. They're the thing is they're specifically good though. Because fetch of Fetchlands. Yeah, yeah. And you have proposed the idea before that if we were to get rid of Fetchlands... Shocklands would see less play. And the format would maybe be better. Yes. Um, I agree with that. I, I, I blatantly think that statement is true. It will never happen because no. it would tank the format. I, it, better is a strong word. Tournament play would be better. Yeah. Because of all of the shuffling. And I, I do think 
the the Shockland Fetchland mana base is very homogenous. Yeah, I think it takes away a lot of like we often discuss doing an episode on building mana bases, and, and we'd lo- I'd actually love to hear your guys's on Twitter uh, thoughts on us doing an episode about building mana bases. But we always kind of miss it because it's always kind of like well, there's not there's a pretty obvious step by step process because it's not that hard. You just put X amount of Fetchlands, X amount of Shocklands, some spell lands, and a dude. So like, yep, it, it's it's. Very homogenizing. These cards are obviously amazing. They would still see play because like cards like a card that barely was on my list. It was number eleven. Was uh, Farseek. Yeah. Um, it's not on my top five. My our our underrated five. So yeah. like Farseek finds fetch lands. That's what was when the fetch was or shock lands were yeah. RTR block. Like that was the thing. Yep. Everyone played for Farseek. It was the one of the most important cards in the format because you could play any color you wanted. Um. All right. We have one last exercise to do and this is our this is our honorable mention fight do we have a timer uh, so we each get we get is it a minute or 30 seconds 30 seconds 30 seconds 30 seconds um and we are going to be battling our five honorable mentions we're going to be putting up all the polls on twitter uh, for you guys i guess tonight tomorrow when when the episode goes out so tomorrow morning goes up um by the time you listen to this it'll be you only have a day though so this is you know go to twitter and vote i always end up losing by like a hair because i always pick cards that are like a little bit more like sweet than Kessler's cards. Mm, by sweet, <laughs> I think he means not as good. <laughs> so I'm going to start off with a timer right here. Kessler, you're going to go with yours. Ready, set, go. I'm starting? Yeah. Oh, my card's Suppression Field. <laughs> oh, don't <laughs> me. I think this is one of the more underrated cyborg cards. Basically, it says that activated abilities can't be activated unless you pay two extra mana. It's enchantment for one and a white. Uh, it wrecks decks. Like, how does Affinity beat that card? <laughs> and, it, I mean, it's another thing in the family of white decks. I think we're in a world where there aren't enough decks that are playing a super powerful activated ability. But as soon as we do, this card is one of the best decks. Cyborg cards. It's your next Stony Silence. Uh, all right. All right. Very good, Kessler. Uh, I will be fighting. That's my softball, by the way. Ready? Yeah. All right, uh, I'm going to be fighting for Protean Hulk, a card that actually has an argument of being the top 10. Protean Hulk is a combo card. It's green, green, and four. It, when it dies, you search your library for, I can't even offhand remember exactly, but I think it's power up to six or converted mana cost up to six. It's converted mana cost up to six. There's a combo with this where you can search your deck for an instant win yeah, This is combo. The, the, the body double deck. Yeah, the, the body double deck. It just wins. Uh, just straight up wins. It's uh, like a real deck. It's, it's an actual card. deck that people <laughs> win with, and this isn't in one of our lists. So like Protean Hulk just like straight up wins the game. I don't know how, I mean, it's hard. It's too good, but... Sure. Uh, in previous times, we allow people to read what the card does, and we both kind of did cards that in the beginning. Do you want to continue with that? Stop making up new rules, Kessler. What did you, do you want to read what your card is? I mean, you had that problem, too, where you like didn't get to read what your card does. And you you read have... what yours did. I know. Yeah. So, so I guess I w- you got less time. Okay. <laughs> uh, I'll read mine. Sure. Just so people know. Yeah. Because so, I, I think I was off. All right. On so, so on Twitter, Suppression Field versus Protean Hulk. By the way, I'm playing this like baseball. This is going to be a sports metaphor, everyone. Get ready. Oh, it costs seven. It's green, green, five yeah, for a 6-6 six, six beast. When Protean Hulk is put into a graveyard from play, search your library for any number of creature cards with total converted mana cost six or less and put them into play and then shuffle your library. I actually like that. Why don't we read what the card does after we pitch it? Okay, great. That makes it so it's not being spoiled. Sweet. Cool. All right. My, my next card? Uh, okay. Three, two, go. My card is Coiling Oracle. It is a blue and a green for a when coiling snake elf druid. When coiling oracle comes into play, reveal the top card of your library. If it's a land card, put it into play. Otherwise, put that card into your hand. It is a one-one. Here's the deal. This is the closest thing modern currently has the Belfull Strix. It is also like one of the premier tempo plays because you put a creature into play. Hopefully, you're playing equipment somewhere in your deck or some other way to make it sweet. But 
you get to draw a card. We talked about drawing a card is better. And sometimes it's even better because the card you don't want to draw is a land, and that goes right in the play. You ramp it as well. It's Farseek plus Baleful Strix. Uh, well, you, one mistake you made there, Kessler, is that you said you had to put another card into play to make this card sweet. So, unfortunately... Mm, uh, I'm pretty <laughs> sure card is sweet. It's a 1-1. One, one. you got to make it sweet. All uh, right. My oh, I also read what my card did. I number cheated. Two I, I took my time up. No, dark blast. Dark blast is an instant for one black target creature gets minus one minus one. It has dredge two, so dark blast you can you can play it and then replay it or dredge three actually. Um, there are great tricks with dark blast where you can be like minus one minus one and then you like you do it during upkeep and then during draw step you dredge and get it back so you can go minus one minus one again. Um, it's just like generally a sweet card for black decks that want to play kind of a tempo game. There's lots of X ones in modern like we've said the electrolyzed dark blast is under. Rated should get played more. Uh, all right. So I feel like you're discounted because you said you hate the mechanic dredge. Yeah. Get out of here. That's my mechanic. <laughs> all right. Uh, okay. We should actually, before we continue going, make sure we know the matchups correctly for Twitter because we've done this wrong before. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, I'm, I got my list exactly how I'm going to okay, read it. it so it's Hulk, up to you. It was Hulk versus. Well, you know, don't write the first. I know the verse. Just write your number one suppression, and Suppression. <laughs> and then it was, what was your second card? Coiling Oracle. Okay. Great. All right. Sweet. All right. Number three. Go. Infernal Tutor. This is a one in the black. Reveal a card from your hand. Search your library for a card with the same name as that card. Reveal it, put it in your hand, and shuffle your library. If you are hellbent, which means you have no cards in hand, you get to tutor for any card. I think this is one of the most underplayed tutors in the format that does some stuff that's really sweet. It's a storm staple in Legacy. I think we can bring it back. Once again, toolbox cards are the sickest. Toolbox. Let's do a tutor card. This one's awesome because it either makes what you have better or what you don't have even better. That's... And you have one more second. Oh, sweet card. <laughs> That's a sweet way to sell something where you only accentuate the positives and ignore the negatives. You're just like, the things you said, you're like, it only makes things in your hands sweeter or makes that your hands yeah. not sweet. If you got, two, you got one, you got two. If you're playing a card in your deck, why wouldn't yeah. you want to? Why no one plays Infernal Tutor? Reasons number one and two. <laughs> I've tried to play Infernal Tutor so many times. Get out of my life. Uh, <laughs> What's your number three? Uh, all right. My number three. I have to decide what I want to fight against that. Okay. I'm going to fight. See, this is unfair. You're switching what you're doing Glimpse around. the unthinkable. Blue, black, <laughs> sorcery, target player, puts the top ten cards of his library into his or, his or her graveyard. It's the linchpin of the mill deck. It's the best self-mill spell you can possibly play. Um, it's unique. They've never printed anything as powerful for two mana for this effect ever. Like, if you've never seen, like, an effect, a functional reprint, and I don't think you will. This card's amazing. And with Snapcaster Mage, you can just build straight-up aggro mill decks. Like, actually just mill you to death, which I've done. They're awesome. Uh, that was good. You, you were perfectly timed. Uh, you, you missed the fact that this is, like, a deck. There's, like, a mill deck that's out there. Yeah, I know. I've this is the first time more of your years. cards are, like, real decks. How does it feel, Kessler? It's great. <laughs> Infernal Tutor and or Calling Oracle are sweet. All right. Go. My fourth card is Teza. Orzov Scion. That's one black, white, and it does some sweet stuff that I'll read after I explain how cool it is. This is a card that is just a removal spell on a stick and makes every time a black creature you control die into sweet, sweet value. It's one of the most value-oriented legendary creatures probably ever printed. Once you get this engine online, how do decks beat it? I actually don't know why this, like, as a singleton or two of deck sees play in Absent Company, you're going to get so much value off of this card, and it answers Everything. Everything dies. Bah. And so what she does, bah, she's a black... Now I get to tell what it does now. <laughs> you did this once. It has too many abilities for me to say. It's a legendary creature, human advisor, one, uh, two, three. Sacrifice three white creatures, remove the target creature from the game. When another black creature you control is put into a graveyard from play, put a one-one white spirit creature token with flying into play. Yeah, it's okay. I've seen people try to play this in token decks before. Yeah, um, this would be sweet. All yeah. right, what's your, uh, what's your number? 
All right. D. My my number five, four. Oh, my number four, is Hunted Horror. Um, you guys have heard me talk about Hunted Horror on here in the Hunted Hansen decks. It's I black. my eyes in your general direction. Yeah, I'm going to even spend my time describing it. It's black, black for a 7-7 seven, seven trample. When it comes into play, your opponent puts two, three, three green creatures into play that have protection from black. Um, it, if you have had anything to stifle and enter the battlefield trigger, it's a 7-7 seven, seven trample for two. If you have any way to destroy tokens, it's a 7-7 seven, seven trample for two. It's a 7-7 seven, seven trample for two. This card is unique and sweet, and so many fun things can be done with it. I love this card. How many ways are there in modern to stifle? <laughs> there's torpor orb. There's stifle. The, 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 that's that. Okay, I'll give you torpor orb. Fine. There's that's torpor cheating. orb. There's sundial of the infinite, which makes it one turn slower. There's. I don't think these are stifle trick effects. Bind. These are. There's other things. All right, we're moving on. There's the white card that does the same torpor orb thing. That the flying three drop. Mm -hmm. The new one. Mm -hmm. Lots of ways. Lots and Those lots aren't of ways. stifle. Those are getting rid of entered the battlefield effects. Yeah, to, sti to stifle. That's what stifle does. The, the actual definition of the word stifle is to like trip something up. So if you trip up the enter that'll feel trigger. I roll my eyes in your general direction. All right, your turn. <laughs> also, Leyland of Singularity doesn't work anymore. <laughs> Ready, Freddy, start. Uh, my number five is Doubling Season. That's an enchantment that doubles all of the things, literally all of them. Specifically, Planeswalkers. Cast doubling season, then cast a planeswalker, go ultimate instantly. The best thing to do with this is probably Jace Architect in a plot, where you can then cycle in a four Jaces, get the four best cards of their deck, and get one Ember Coil on top of it and win the game. Because he cast it, so you get another turn. It's the sweetest. Any other planeswalker is good with two. I have more time. I it's so obviously how good doubling season is. Uh, so what doubling so cool. season does, it's a five-man enchantment that uh, if an effect would put one or more tokens and or counters on a thing, it does that twice. It's so cool how you can play this on turn three and then curve Jason. Went oh, wait a minute. It's yeah, a five yeah. drop. It's called crazy. It's a five drop. That totally, yeah. It's called it, counterspells. People have tried to make this deck work. It's, people play. People it's play. totally, totally sweet. <laughs> I have hey, tried to make five? this deck work. Uh, my fifth card is a little card I like to call Rise Fall. Rise Fall is one of the most underrated sorceries ever printed in the history of magic. It's a double-sided card. Um, one half of it bounces a creature from the, from the battlefield to their hand and gets a creature from your graveyard back to your hand. Fall is a kind of like a mini hymn to Turok, but you can choose which side. It's great in Grixis Delver decks. Um, it's underplayed. I've always just been a big fan of Rise Fall. Um, and <laughs> that was like 24 seconds. It's not my fault you didn't start the timer. <laughs> That's your fault. <laughs> um, Rise Fall versus Doubling Season. I know which way that one's going. Um, <laughs> There you go, guys. There you have it. For the record, I wrote my list of the exact order I was going to be doing this ahead of time, and you definitively changed what you were telling <laughs> based on what card I was giving L that's you. That's ludicrous. I put Suppression Field first as a softball because I thought you'd put your best card first, and you may have. So uh, let's see how this goes. Ludicrous. This is called baseball. you got to like plan your lineup ahead of time. All right. All right. So that's, that's how the game works. Go to Twitter, vote, see who wins, and we'll tell everyone next week who won. Uh, yeah. That's that. Yeah. Guys, Thanks, thank guys, you. for listening. Make sure to check us out on Twitter at the MMCast. And uh, check out the Command Zone on rockjump.com. And, of course, check out dmtwclothing.com, the lifestyle brand that is helping expand our brand. Those guys are awesome. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll see you again next week. What, what? Thank you for your attention. For further inquiries, send an email to the MMCast at rocketjump.com. See you later, alligator. <laughs>